Welcome back. Frongoch in Wales is known in Irish history as Ulskull Narevloja, the University of Revolution. The makeshift prison camp that housed Irish prisoners in 1916 became a fertile breeding ground for Irish rebel ideology. We're going to hear now how this history is remembered in northwest Wales, where the internment camp was located and where a new museum dedicated to the history of the camp is being constructed. Our reporter, Connor Sweetman, has the story. As you drive from the market town of Bala in North Wales, along the A4212 road towards the Lynn Reservoir, you'll pass a lay-by, a little area at the side of the road where vehicles can pull over and stop. But if you don't stop, you won't know it's there. Nussled into the hedgerow at the side of the road, there is a monument, and on that monument there are words inscribed in Irish. Words in Welsh. And words in English. 1,800 Irish men were interred here after the Easter Rising, Dublin, 1916. This is the site of Frongach internment camp. My name is Mabon Ap Gwynvor uh, and I'm the member of the Senedd Welsh Parliament uh, for the constituency of Dwyfor Meirionydd in northwest Wales. Mabon studied history at university and in fact did his dissertation on James Connolly and Porrick Pierce. And whenever he meets Irish people, the conversation regularly turns to the 1916 Rising and the rebels who were interred in Wales, in a place that we call Frongoch. And of course, I didn't know when I first heard that, but I didn't know what they were talking about. Because to me and to us, it's Frongoch, uh, a completely different pronunciation. So Frongoch is in the, the old county of Meirionmith. It's a very, very rural village. It's not even a village, it's a hamlet. But the history of Rongoch has a very proud liberal, the old liberal tradition, and strongly non-conformist as well, uh, and great independence of thought there. Uh, and it's a, a very Welsh-speaking area. You know, the majority of people who live there speak Welsh and have been for the last, well, forever. So, um, you know, it's, it hasn't been anglicised as much as, as other places. So it, it's... It was an interesting choice for a prison camp, but you can see why they did it because of the structures that were there. It was very rural and very far from the towns and the centre of the populations of of England. So as far as, as the British military were concerned and the British establishment, it was a safe place. You know, dump them in a rural countryside where they can't do any damage is, is probably the thinking, you know. But over time, it, it became a symbol. Just up the road from the Frongoch Monument, about a five-minute drive, there's a huge lake with a controversial history. Kinkelin, it's a man-made reservoir which was developed in the 1950s and 1960s, but it was the fact that Liverpool had asked whether or not they could take control of that land and, and, and drown it, and the people of Wales said, no, we don't want you to do that, there's a community living there, there's you know, a whole lot of farms, there's a little village there, um, and it became a cause celebre for us in Wales because the people of Wales 
fought against the drowning of that community, but it was drowned against our will by the British establishment. So that became uh, part of, of the call for more Welsh autonomy. Uh, and the tie-in between Vrangoch and, and Trewerin, within the same square mile, there's a, a synergy there, certainly. Ironically, there's one British political figure who is considered an enemy by many Irish people, but is also celebrated by many people in Wales as a champion of Welsh nationalism. I'm going to name a, a mention name to you now, which you're not going to like very much. A certain man called David Lloyd George. And Lloyd George was from, where was it, about 30 miles, 40 miles from, from Vrongoch. Um, he was from that same tradition, that same Welsh-speaking tradition. As far as domestic affairs is concerned, there's a lot to celebrate with, with Lloyd George. He uh, secured the pension because of his experience looking at poverty in, in North West Wales and the way that Welsh farmers were being mistreated and they didn't have any money to fall back on when, when they were old. You know, So domestically, there's a lot of things that, that Lloyd George is celebrated for, but uh, certainly internationally, you've got Ireland, you've got Palestine, there's a, lot, a whole lot of things that uh, Lloyd George has to answer for. But, you know, that was part of that tradition. And in the 20s, Lloyd George introduced a lot of those progressive policies domestically, which were part of that process. And then that raised the awareness that, OK, there is something worthwhile, some good ideas in Wales. In the 1950s, there was the establishment of the Welsh capital city in Cardiff. Then there was the adoption of the national flag. And these victories, while they may seem small, were hard won. And they were essential to fostering Welsh national identity. You know, these things were stepping stones along the way to greater awareness. And, and throughout this period, as the people of Wales were fighting for autonomy, for uh, sovereignty, for greater powers for Wales, they were looking elsewhere, they were seeking inspiration. And clearly, the one single constant was our immediate neighbour, Ireland. There's a kinship between Ireland and Wales, that awareness that we are cousin nations, and so the people of Wales, of my ilk, certainly would have looked towards Ireland all along this period, starting in that 1916 to 1921 period. And the fact that that a lot of these revolutionaries were interned here, it meant a lot then for us to look at that. And that's what inspired us. In 2016, in the lead up to the 100 year anniversary of the 1916 Rising, Many events were being planned at Frangoch. One local man began collecting artefacts related to the old prison camp and even set up a makeshift museum in his shed. My name's Alwyn Jones and I live in Frangoch near the town of Bala. In 2016, as part of the centenary celebrations, Alwyn hosted several groups at his home and showed off his incredible collection of documents, artefacts and photographs related to the old prison camp. Photos. What are the photos of? Well, photos of, of a, a bridge, a wooden bridge crossing over to the, the playing fields, just christened the, the Rongoch Croke Park. Another photo of some gas huts outside a house in, in Rongoch here. And the, the house is still here, so we could comp- compare the two. And the, there's also a photo of the camp commandant, Higgit Lambert, and other people, well, including his wife and daughter, outside the, the commandant's house, 
and the commons house is still standing. And I don't know how, how many other officers, there are several officers in, in, in the fort, so in, including t two censors who, who went through the letters coming in and coming out to the camp. Since 2016, over 400 people have signed the guest book at Alwyn's exhibit. In 2020, he obtained funding and planning permission to construct a purpose-built museum and visitor centre. The main structure is now complete and only the interior is to be finished and fitted out. Alwyn hopes to have the museum open by Easter 2022 and to keep the rich history of Frongoch alive. Back in 2016... Here's Mabon again. I had the pleasure of attending a football match, Gaelic football match. The match Mabon attended was the All-Britain Junior Football Shield between Hertfordshire and Yorkshire. The piping that you hear in the background was recorded on that day. The game was held to commemorate a famous match that was played in Frongoch prison camp 100 years earlier. After the 1916 Rising, with so many inter-county players imprisoned in Frongoch, the camp hosted what became known as the All-Ireland Behind Barbed Wire. This was a legendary match between Kerry and Louth, with Kerry winning by just one point. It was, it was an odd experience to go there and think, wow, I'm going to play a football match here, of all places. And, and there's a, it's, it's a flat piece of land, but there's a little bank um, that raises from it and, and looks down. So you could go on that bank and it was like a, a, a natural seating area. You could watch the game, you know. Uh, and someone was there reading the, the proclamation and the president of the GAA, I think, was there as well at the time. Um, and you've got the Southern Snowdonia Mountains all around you. As someone who's followed or studied uh, that 1916 rebellion, it was a, a special moment to have that match um, and witness it and be there. Um, yeah, it brought a tear to the eye, uh, to be honest. Connor Sweetman was reporting there with that Welsh perspective on the legacy of Frongoch internment camp and the movement to build a museum in the area to commemorate the Irish prisoners who were held there. After the break, I'll be joined by Shara Murphy to talk about the origins of Dublin's Natural History Museum. <laughs> 